Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. With the number two. We help you get your business to the level you want it to be so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. And what a life it is. Well, you've been busy. I've been I, I've been running around with my hair on fire. These um, last five days, because we talked yesterday for the first time since Friday, I think. Yeah, managing this, um, I'm managing a $60,000 renovation for one of my clients that is um, getting ready to sell their house. And we have another house under contract that they're buying. So coordinate, I've been playing project manager and it has been kicking my ass all over the place. Oh yeah. And they're building their own house, Nick. Yeah. Yeah. My, my husband, <laughs> Scott and I are building a house. So Fantastic. we have all that going on and then <clears throat> trying to pick up a couple new coaching clients that yep. should be here in the hopper. And another marketing project, and it's just been busy is good, right? Yes, busy is good. Mm -hmm. At least it leaves me less time to stress the heck out. (laughs) I can help with that too, by the way. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he can help. So yes, Um. which actually, I have so many questions for you today um, about stuff. But um, before we go any further, we want to introduce our very, 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 very. Very special guest, the one, the only, Nick Pion. Oh, that was a huge setup. Thank you um, for that. Um, It's great to be here with both of you. I was joking before the podcast because, Mike, you're not in the room with us right here, but I was so looking forward to seeing you because we've been, I feel like I see you once a week in our B&I meetings, but to actually be in person would have been great, but I understand completely um, why you're not with us. So it's great to be here. Thanks for Nick. Everybody in my life knows where they rank, Nick. Yep. And yep. we all rank after Oliver, which is exactly how it should be. <laughs> it wouldn't be right if it, if it wasn't, right? Yep. Exactly. <clears throat> Grandpa so glad to have duty. You today. So, Nick. Yes. I um, am super curious to learn more about you and mm-hmm. what you did prior to opening Trek CBD in Wake Forest. Yeah. Um, so, we'll get to that, but... Just for those that are that don't know, what what the heck is CBD? Yeah. CBD is one of the 113 different cannabinoids that you can find in the hemp plant. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, in the cannabis family, there's the hemp plant and there's the marijuana plant. Probably the marijuana plant is the more, more better known, okay, mm-hmm. relative because it gets all the limelight because it gets people high, where the hemp plant does not. It has a very low um, percentage of THC in it, which allows the healing properties and qualities of CBD really to shine because there's no dysphoria, there is no psychoactive effect whatsoever. So it just focuses on doing things like relieving pain, relieving inflammation, helping people sleep better, because whether you know it or not, your body has an endocannabinoid system. And that system's primary job is to just keep you in balance. And your body produces what are called cannabinoids on its own. But what you're doing is introducing one of those cannabinoids from the hemp plant um, to help that system function more efficiently, um, to get to a place of calm, to help you reduce pain, and to help you sleep better. Very cool. So were you a fan of CBD prior to becoming an owner? I was. Yeah. So I came into it um, through my older brother. Um, I came into it actually two ways. My older brother had suddenly bilateral onset knee pain, 
just both knees started hurting right away. He went to a rheumatologist. They said it was not um, positive for anything like um, any autoimmune disease. So what do you do? So he started looking into natural solutions to that, and CBD came up really high on the list. So he was using CBD for a while. Uh, for the past like couple of years. And I just kind of got curious about it. And I kept asking a lot of questions because I had been in wellness for the past 20 years. I was on the pharmaceutical side for 20 years, but always have been taking a step back and, you know, seeing what's been going on on the more natural side. And people are really turning to just everything more natural, whether it's organic milks and organic foods or looking mm-hmm. at what's on the label versus when I grew up, you didn't care what was on the label, right? So all those things. So I was just fascinated by this. And when I started doing my research, I was like, this is something that not not only I want to take myself, but there is a tremendous business opportunity. And we can talk about the business opportunity later, but we just saw something here that was going to fulfill me as a, as a business owner, as a person, as a member of the community um, to help. Yeah. So growing now, up. Trinity, when, hang on a second. Yeah. Uh, Nick, I edit the show and I'm going to edit the soundbite that says I came by marijuana via my big brother. <laughs> Like, that's never happened before, right? <laughs> well, that's a totally different conversation. Yeah. I and mean, if you want to go into that conversation, we'll have to go back maybe about 20 years, maybe longer. I don't know. It's getting, I'm getting older. But, uh, yeah, we can have that conversation, too. Yeah. So, I, I'm a big fan of all of it. So, um, right. hey. Yep. CBD, marijuana, whatever, whatever floats your boat. It's funny though, because it is our biggest misconception out there. People just think, yes. is it, is it, is it just legal weed? What is it? Um, is it where they take the THC out of the marijuana? Because people don't know about the hemp plant, right? I mean, we knew about it way back when, um, and the the people know that you can make fibers out of it and rope out of it, but they didn't really know about the medicinal qualities because, unfortunately, back in the '70s when marijuana was made a Schedule One drug, so was hemp. But it kind of makes no sense, right? Because there's no psychoactive effect. So how could it be a drug? Right. But it was just put into the same category. So one of the things that people come to see us about is what is it? It's the same question you asked. And what we start with, well, it's not marijuana um, and there's no psychoactive effect. So. Well, boo. I know. There goes part of the fun. There's, there's room for both. <laughs> Trust me, there's room for both. Yeah. The, the show is over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So before being a CBD guru, mm-hmm. which I can already tell that you are, you seem to really know your shit. Thank you. What did you grow up thinking you wanted to be a small business owner or how did that come about? I don't know if you grow up thinking you're going to be a small business owner, but I've always kind of possessed an entrepreneurial spirit. So I would say kind of two things in life. I started off when I was really young. When I was 14, I'm old enough to remember what a paper route was. And I knew I didn't want to get up at the crack of dawn and do that. So I started working in restaurants. So I always liked to work, but I always had a bunch of side jobs like lawn care businesses, car washing businesses. I just love, my parents were just strong entrepreneurs. So I just grew up with that kind of mindset and get involved in restaurants, as I mentioned before, and, and made that a career for over 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Went to culinary school, went to work for Hyatt Hotels um, after college, was on a really strong path towards what was going to be a general manager role of a hotel. Um, I just decided to take a different career path because my mom had got some cancer at the time. And I kind of took a step back at even my early 20s and said, where am I at in life and where am I going to go? And where I was at was I was working six days a week and 14 hours a day. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say the hotel and service industry is brutal. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think we give enough credit to people who work in the service industry because the hours are you're working when everybody else is having fun. You are. And you work a lot more hours than people think, especially if you're 
a chef. Yep. Yeah. So and a big shout out to all the local restaurateurs out there because, you know, anyone who's listening to this, please support your local restaurant. I have a lot of friends in restaurants. They are hurting right now. They need your support. Um, and I know as a mm-hmm. community, we can all pull together and do that. But yeah, it's it's what taught me my work I've been ethic. doing my part. I, I love my part. I mean, <laughs> give me a job to eat. Um, I can check that one off the to-do yes. list anytime. Yeah. And, and Nick also in Wake Forest, Trinity, they've been doing, they've been pushing people to restaurants to come back and get some version of a reward yeah. or of yep. something from there from Trek CBD. So he's done a nice job helping people look out for the community. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. So my next question is, has nothing to do with being a business owner. Um, I have a super neurotic dog. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion on CBD for dogs? It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, for I've, two I've reasons. heard yeah. so much, so yeah. many good things about it. So other than remember the three things we talk about is pain. We talk about anxiety and we talk about sleep. Dogs don't suffer from insomnia, right? But they do as they get through middle age, depending on the size of your dog. I have a golden retriever. She's six right now. And unfortunately that's middle age, right? For mm-hmm. her. So the arthritis starts to begin the inflammation. So we give her CBD every single day, but on the calm side of things before she gets in the car, She's the dog that doesn't like to go for a ride. So she doesn't like to go to the groomer. She doesn't like to go to the vet. We will give her a CBD dog treat. um, And that helps her calm down. They taste great. And it just helps her calm down and enjoy the car ride. So couldn't recommend it enough for just overall wellness. But also we see a lot of pets that are afraid of loud noises, mm-hmm. pets that were rescued, which shout out to anybody who rescues a pet. That's it's fantastic. Mine, yep. but he's a spaz. They do. They yeah. sometimes come with a lot of love, but they sometimes have some. And he's getting old. I can't decide if he's losing his hearing or if he's just becoming a giant dick. Like either way, could be. It's. Yeah. I think it might be a mixture of both. But he pretends like he can't hear me anymore. Yeah. Even though it's I think, another, but just but another male in the he, house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then he certainly can hear that treat bag open. So oh, I'm yeah. like, oh, I see what game you're playing there, Elvis. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Elvis, great name. Wow. Love it. The the best way we can sum up Nick is to far as far as the the speed of which he moves through the day, <laughs> is he opened one store in Wake Forest, COVID hit and he thought, you know what? Let's open three more <laughs> at the same time, because I'm bored with one. Well, I got some great business partners, and you know we were you know we're on a strong growth plan and. You know, of course, we did what we had to do when COVID hit. And but after that, we said, you know what, we're going to get back on our plan now, because if we don't do it now, we're not going to do it. So shout out to my two partners, Scott and Jeff, because we just were aligned and with the vision of his company where it needed to go. So when you were deciding to open in a physical Mm -hmm. store, physical location, were you looking into other like franchise opportunities or how did you come to settle on the model you have now? Yeah. So my background was 20 years in pharmaceuticals prior to this. So prior to this, I worked for a large pharmaceutical manufacturing company. I was leading sales teams. I was in marketing for a while operations. So immediately, and Mike knows me pretty well, a franchise wasn't going to fit me because in a franchise, you have to give up a certain amount of control for a good trade-off, by the way. You you get a lot of things that if you don't have a strong business acumen, they will tell you how to stock a store. They will tell you what products to choose, but they will also tell you what products to choose. And that didn't work for me. And coming from a pharmaceutical background, one of the things that we wanted our store to be was a source of truth. 
essentially. If you went out there and I was just seeing a customer today about this, you get a lot of different experiences. Some on the lower end, you can get your CBD in a vape shop. Um, you can get it online where you got to be careful. There's a lot of scams going on right now. And then this also, um, you can get it in a shop. But the, the experience in the shop, in the retail shop, is really fragmented. So we immediately saw the opportunity to do something different. And the first thing that we saw was when you went into one of these CBD stores, most everything was behind glass. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you wonder if you're worried about your customers walking away with all your products, I get why people do it. But think about it from a consumer standpoint. And I spent most of some of my career from a marketing standpoint, really diving into customer insight and strategy. And if you're putting a barrier between the customer and the product, that kind of reinforces the mindset that you shouldn't touch this, or maybe it's off limits. And that's completely different right. than the experience. I wonder if they did that because they were going, cause I mean, you walk into a head shop yep. and everything's behind glass and they were probably just like, this is the way it's always done. That so could we're be. just going to yeah. continue doing it. Yeah. So to answer your question, no, we, we looked at franchises. Of course, we wanted to learn um, from who was doing it before us, but we quickly figured out that we were going to create something. And I was really excited about creating a brand from the ground up. Trek is our brand. Trek is about a journey to wellness. That's why it's called Trek. Um, and we decided which has some complications to put CBD in the name, because again, we want to educate, we want to enlighten people about CBD. And if you put like hemp on it or other things or natural or organics, then people get confused about well, what is that store? What is, what is Trek organics? You know, what is that store? You know, right. where if it's Trek CBD, they're like, you know what? I've heard about that because everyone's heard about it by now. Right. But I just need to kind of find a place that I feel comfortable in going to. And we created that environment essentially a, a comfortable place to get education first. And then you know you're going to get quality in our store because everything is third-party laboratory tested. Um, it's a really small but important point because right now it's an unregulated industry. So nothing says that your product couldn't contain impurities. Nothing says it has to contain the amount of milligrams of some label. So we take all that out, with, again, by doing third-party laboratory analysis. So the quality is the first thing for us. And then, of course, we like to create value, and we can talk about that, about how we create value um, for our guests. So if I was a person, mm -hmm. which I am, yeah. last time I checked. Yeah. I'm, I can verify that. Yep. We're, we're in the we're, same we're room. sitting in the same room. Yeah. I am a person yeah. um, that was interested in CBD. Mm -hmm. You think that just the best route to go is to come in and talk to one of your amazing people at the store? We'll make it easy. I mean, you can come in and talk to us. You can go to trekcbd.com and you can hit the contact page and we'll set up a one-to-one -one with you. Um, obviously, it's a free consultation. Um, you want to communicate via um, chat, whatever it is, whatever's comfortable for you. We're mindful of the fact that a good percentage of our guests have anxiety. So, Maybe coming to a store is not the right fit for them. A lot of our customer bases is and guests are older, so we want to make it mm -hmm. easy for them. So either way, but what it's going to start off with is a conversation that first and foremost centers around you. So Trinity, tell me about, you know, why you're here today. How can we help? So when we understand your needs better, then we can connect something in our store to you whether it's an oil, whether it's a, a gummy, whether it's a capsule or a topical painter, but it starts with... I should actually back up. It starts with, we believe in good old fashioned customer service. So we're going to meet you at the front door and we're going to usher you in. And then we're either going to sit you down, we're going to stand you up, but we're going to un understand more about you before we ever talk about what's going on with us. Right. You know? Awesome. Yep. So sorry, Mike, I've just been kind of hogging the microphone oh, over okay. here. No um, worries. You're doing well. Nick did tell, he's told this story before when COVID started, they had to 
petition the state in a roundabout way to make sure they were deemed essential to stay open to help people. Yeah, it just goes back to, I think we're a misunderstood category in terms of people think of us or the state thinks of us as just a smoke shop, you know, kind of a thing. And we do have a smokable product, just to be honest, but it's not what we sell the most of. Um, but they think of us in that way. So they their immediate knee-jerk reaction was, well, if we're going to close the tobacco stores, we're going to close you. And we were sitting there saying, well, that doesn't work for us, number one, because our, our patients need us from an anxiety standpoint, so we're not going to be closed. Um, and so we immediately just kind of went through the process and, and worked with Wake County and, you know, described ourselves more aligned with like a GNC and supplementation. And they got that really quickly. In about 36 hours, we were right back open again. And and then we then we had to do what everyone else was doing out there. How do we then pivot to to help the customer? What do we what do we do? Are they still going to come in the store? Are we going to do the curbside delivery? Are we going to do local deliveries? All those things were just rattling around our head. Again, to put the guest at the center of the experience, um, it's not the experience we like. We'd rather have you in the store. But if you can't be there, how are we going to still help you get what you need? And if there's no COVID, do you still look to open the second store in within this time frame, or would it would have been quicker? It would have been quicker. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, we we literally it was March. I remember this March seventh. We had our grand opening. If you came to our store in Wake Forest, um, it's a, about a 1,200 square foot store, but outside is this giant courtyard. And we opened our store in December, but we said, you know what? We're going to wait until the good weather comes to have a massive grand opening, to have a DJ out there in the blood mobile there collecting blood to help the community and a food truck and our cornhole boards out there. And people are just going to come and have a good time. And we had Lone Rider Brewing there and they were pouring free beers and that kind of thing. Right. We knew that. And it was amazing. We had about over 200 people show up on March 7th. And then a week later, um, COVID <laughs> yeah, really and came. COVID, and, uh, yeah. and so we're like, our trajectory was like this. And then we kind of leveled off. Um, so, so it's okay. You as a business owner, you got to be able to do that. You know, you got to be flexible, but no, Mike, to answer your question, we would have, we would have probably been on store number three or four right now, you know? Um, and for the folks like you who have a brick and mortar, yep, you've proven that you can open in COVID. You could open another store, mm -hmm. but what were a couple of the challenges you had and what are a couple of tips you would tell people to get out in front of if they're looking to do this? I would first say one thing. I would say if you're an entrepreneur, and I don't mean that you're in the in a business right now, but you've just been sitting on a good idea for a while. I used to call it sitting on a tack, right? You're sitting on a good idea for a while. This is a phenomenal time to start a business, right? You have to do all your prerequisites. You got to make sure you have a product that's going to work, and you got to make sure that you, you can accommodate in your business model with COVID. But this is businesses are always started, as we all know, in a downturn. In the downturn. In the downturn. Yep. So it's great, right? This, so it's great to do that. Um, but the challenges, I would say, are more, they were more opportunities than they were challenges. We found more retail space available to us than was there before. Yeah, yeah. That was great. Mm -hmm. um, we were able to work with our suppliers to kind of free up some cash in terms of, you know, to open those new stores. We're really forming uh, relationships with them and seeing how they can help us. But it's just a great time to build a business. So I think there's more opportunity now than there was before. I just think you have to approach the customer and understand their needs a little bit differently now. And we're by no means, I mean, perfect at it. I mean, we're, we're still learning every day. Um, but, you know, we just want to be able to make sure that for people that have a need that they know that there's multiple ways to, to get with us. That's awesome. Yep. Um, what would you say has been your biggest key to success so far? 
I would have to say the biggest key to success so far for us, as a, if you read our Google reviews, um, is the service we provide. I mean, I think first and foremost with us, we really looked at it as this is going to be about CBD. This is going to be about helping people discover plant-based wellness and natural wellness. But honestly, I kind of feel that you could put anything in our store and it would go well because we just believe in good old fashioned customer service first, remembering your name, understanding people from a one-to-one basis, and then remembering them when they come back. But like I said, meeting them at the front door. So I feel like it could be anything, but I think that's the first thing that probably separate differentiates us. The second is the education. So people are really curious about CBD right now. They get a, a myriad of different answers. Um, you know, I spent about 20 minutes with, with a customer this morning and she was like, wow, I've went to three different stores and I didn't get anywhere near this level of education or the level of, of dialogue, you know, just wanting to understand me and whatnot. So I think it's the education second. And the third is, you know, we will, we will make sure that we are removing as much of the barrier as possible from a value perspective. So from a flat out price perspective. I mean, I spent 20 years in industry that is always under the spotlight pharmaceuticals for price. So I wanted to be in a, in a business that opened up access, didn't close off access because, you know, to me, there's nothing better. There's nothing more rewarding than helping someone get through their anxiety, get through their pain, whatever it is, sleep better, whatever it is. So, yeah. What was the uh, interviewing and hiring process like for this second location? We're still going through it now. I mean, that was the one thing we decided in as things come together, um, we had, we were working on several different locations and, you know, when you're, you know, this, when you're, when you're, when you're navigating commercial real estate, it's never a straight line. And one of the deals that we were navigating or we didn't think was going to come together. So we were kind of holding back a little bit on the hiring. Um, this is the great part about being an entrepreneur. Uh, and then of course, everything came together at once and we're like, <laughs> okay, it's go time, but you can't hire somebody overnight. So we're still in that process now, but Mike, you probably, we've talked about this before, but I have a strong belief and especially it matches up well with this category that I want to hire for values versus skills. So it's always to me about the values. If you've got a good work ethic and if you look at our job posting now, it's about, do you get energized by people? Do you like, you know, working with people? Because I don't want people that just want a paycheck, you know, I'll teach them the CBD side. And yeah, that can learn you don't that. want the guy that's just no. sitting behind the counter nope. being a sloth. No. Yeah. We did that in our market research. We visited a franchise store and there was a nice woman who was sitting behind the, uh, the desk and we asked her a question like, are you passionate about CBD? And she was like, no. I'm like, not going to work for me. You know, yeah. I mean, not going to work for it me. It really, it just speaks volumes to, like you said, customer experience. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, I had to go um, pick out, gosh, $1,200 worth of light fixtures at Lowe's for my listing. And Jerry, I'm giving you a shout out, man. Jerry and lighting over the Lowe's over off of Grove Barton knocked my socks off. He was like, hey you want help picking out a light fixture? I was like, no, I really have an idea of what I wanted. Well, he's like, what one do you like? I'm like that one. He's like, great. Here's the bulb that goes. And it just goes, do, 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 do. And, and by the end, he helped me do something in about 30 minutes that I would have probably spent two hours and he made it fun and it was super easy. And I was like, man, I wish every time I walked into a store where I'm not the expert mm -hmm that somebody had that level of enthusiasm and passion for what it is that they're doing. 
uh, and you remember his name, which is amazing. You know, so I'm, I'm sure. He, well, because yeah. at the end of our um, of our experience together, he was like, um, "I need your contact information. What if I meet somebody that needs to buy or sell a house?" Mm-hmm. So he had me text him my contact information. So it was even more ingrained mm-hmm. because now we're buddies. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. He's an older guy who is looking at a hot young girl. That's why I wanted your number. <laughs> Seen that move before. <laughs> but it goes back to, and Trinity used one of the two words. It, it was it was an experience. It wasn't a transaction. It's completely true. I mean, if you look at the business models that are not just about COVID, but, you know, it's we're, we're slowly, if not rapidly, transitioning to an e-commerce world. Um, yeah. The retail, the brick and mortar locations that are going to survive. I remember reading a Forbes article about this a year and a half ago are the ones that create an experience period, create an experience, insert X product, but create an experience while you're doing it. Yeah. yeah. All, all of the most successful businesses give you that element of something that's just a little extra. It's yep. the welcome to Moe's and the, Thank you. You know, have a, what, what does Chick-fil-A say when you, my pleasure, you know, it's just the little added extras that make you go, man, that was just such an awesome experience. And then you tell all your friends about it and want to get everybody all hyped about it. And before you know it, um, you're off opening your 10th store. So (laughs) that's awesome. Do you want to let Nick know that our big debate on where we get experiences versus transactions Oh. You know, where you won't go, Walmart. but where you shop. Walmart. Well, she loves she loves Amazon for the experience because it'll be there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I love Walmart just because it's great people watching. So that's my experience. That's great. I, I get I get no pleasure or good experience going into a Walmart. And I love Walmart. Yeah. My, my oh, wife yeah. has made me a target. Person, yeah, so I'm a I target to, person so, because if yeah. I walk up to somebody in Target and ask them a question, mm-hmm. they're going to run around that store until I get an answer. There is, th- th- we spent 15 years in Florida, and the big you know supermarket chain there is Publix. And Publix. when they came to Wake Forest, yeah. we were so excited because when you go there compared to other grocery stores, not to name any names, and you say, "Hey, where do I find mayonnaise?" Yep. The person might look up at you and say, "Go to aisle five. and you're like, "Well, where's aisle five? Where in Publix, yeah. they drop what they're doing, they're stocking the shelf, they drop what they're doing, they walk you over there. And I've told guys, I'm like, "No, no, I'm good, man. Just and they'll walk you over there. Yeah, and that's it. Yep. It's the same thing they do at Trader Joe's. There you go. They yep. they yep. are just all over it, like white on rice, and you're like, man, this made everything super easy. And then it makes you want to buy more stuff. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's yeah. cliche, but simple is not easy, but it, easy is sometimes simple. You know what I mean? So it's, it's fine. A hundred, yeah. I agree. A hundred fifty thousand percent for mm-hmm. sure. Oh yeah. Publix is the Chick-fil-A of supermarkets. Love it. Yep. I can't say that I've ever been in a Publix. <gasps> oh, you need, there's a couple. I did go into a Wegmans recently. Scott and I went on a date to Wegmans because he wanted me to, he calls it the Disneyland of grocery stores. Well, if you coming from South Florida, if you go to Publix, either have a Cuban sandwich or buy a Cuban loaf of bread and it'll change your life. Very soft. It's amazing. Oh, that yes. sounds awesome. It is. I yeah. always come here and I'm always hungry. <laughs> Food always comes up in conversation. Apologies to all the Atkins, um, you know, people out there yeah. that are probably like bread. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Uh, so Nick, you somehow found a way to uh, get your wife employed. I did. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was one of those things where 
So Trinity, you asked me a question before. So I'd left pharmaceuticals and then I was kind of thinking about what I want to do next. And, and all the jobs seemed like they were going to be more of the same. So I'd had the entrepreneurial bug since I was a little kid, like I mentioned before. And if I knew if I wasn't going to do it now, I was never going to do it. Um, but as we kind of sat down and I kind of sat down in my office, um, this was actually in between job interviews and said, okay, if we're going to do a business and it's going to be around CBD. What's the pros and cons, the old Ben Franklin, you know, mm-hmm. approach. And one of the first pros on my list was the answer to Mike's question was the ability to work with my wife and also the ability to show my kids what I do for a living because all they knew was previously was dad gets on an airplane on Monday nights and comes back Thursday. And I think he does something with drugs basically. Um, but in, I remember one time my little one said, well, yeah, dad, you're, 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 you're a pharmaceutical salesman. I'm like, you know, ego kind of takes over. You're like, well, yeah, I lead a team of about 200. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's exactly what I do. I mean, that's what I do. But, um, I, so to me, um, that was really high on the list for Mike to do, to be able to, to work with my family, to be able to work with my wife. And she's amazing. I mean, she really is. What does your wife, what's her function in the business? A couple different things. Um, other than just supporting me and, you know, and which is not an easy thing to do, Mike will tell you, I mean, in, in our family and all that, on top of all that, um, she has designed our stores in terms of the interiors of, of the ones here in North Carolina, along with our partner's wife, Shannon, as well, too. Um, so she takes part in the design as that. And then also now she's actually stepping in and into the store and actually leading the store. And, and, uh, and she's just doing an amazing job. She's got a great personality. Every customer that I've seen, because we're kind of flip-flopping right now, because for those of you in the Triangle, we're opening our second location in Holly Springs. So about 40 minutes south of Wake Forest. So we kind of flip flop right now in the in the build out phase of of spending time in Wake Forest, spending time here, and and when she's in the and when I'm in the store and she's not, customers tell me your wife's amazing. She's a great personality. I'm like, you know, she's like, I think I like her better than you. I'm like, good good choice, right? I mean, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You should. You're like that right? is exactly yeah. why I picked her mm-hmm. completely. <laughs> now, and and uh, surprisingly, our next podcast is on relationships yep. and partnerships. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you, so you have three partners two. with yep. s- two partners, right? But there's three of you with wives. With wives. Yep. Correct. Okay. How do you manage six? How do you manage six? I think number one, before you go into a partnership, you got to realize that it's kind of like a marriage, right? It's, it's not going to be easy, right? At the end of the day. Um, but everybody brings something different and opposites attract, essentially. So I looked at it that way, but I went in with very much eyes wide open in the fact that, if you're a control freak, don't enter a partnership, right? Because you have to be able to compromise um, around things. So how do we manage it? We manage it first with aligning around the same page on what are our strategies for growth? Okay, what are we going to do? What are we not going to do? Um, and the partners agree to that, essentially. And then on top of that, it's just a lot of communication, as you would expect, which was a lot easier when we were all, when myself and Scott were together in this one location. Now we're both running at 100 miles an hour in different locations. So we have a standing meeting every other Wednesday as a partnership team to make sure that we get together on Zoom. We talk about, in the amount of time we have, only the important things um, around there. But it's, it's just a ton of communication, but it really is going into it with the mindset that I'm not going to win every conversation. I'm not going to, you know, make every decision. But at the end of the day, when I look at my two partners, they bring a lot of things that I don't and I bring things that they don't. So it works well together. If it, we were all two alike, I don't know if it would work the same way, honestly. How do, do you guys find okay. each other? 
Scott was my neighbor um, across the street, moved in about two years ago uh, when he was living in North Carolina. So we just got to know each other and we were both kind of in the same space, like looking for something different to do, not new to do something different to do. Um, so we were in that same space. And then when we were doing our business plan, we, you know, from a CBD perspective, you don't walk into a bank and say, I want $200,000, right? They just don't, they don't lend out right now right. to, because they put us under the umbrella of marijuana. And if you're on the THC side of things, you can't put anything that comes from marijuana in a bank right now um, until the Fair Banking Act passes and you're allowed to put money that comes into your store into a bank. That's off limits. We can, but it, we still in some ways fall under that from a lending perspective. So we couldn't do that. So we said, okay, what are we going to do? Either we're going to have a couple of options here. Uh, maybe, maybe there's more than a couple, but we could, you know, crowdfund it. That was one option, right? We could do it that way. We could just take our own money and do it and just invest our own money, or we could look for an investor. And for us, the investor came into the conversation for a couple of different reasons. Um, it wasn't quite honestly, it was about sharing some of the risk, right? We wanted to be with somebody. We didn't all want to dump our, all of our own money into this, mm -hmm. but it was also of what this person brought to the conversation, a background and a depth of financial acumen that said, you know what? It's worth giving up X percentage of our company because what we're going to get back is going to pay us back tenfold. So that's why we're saying, like, you know, I come from a background in pharmaceuticals. Scott comes from a background in retail. Our other partner comes from a background in finance. If we were all from a finance background, this thing would blow would up tomorrow. Work. Right. But because we all bring different things, it's a great collaboration all the way around. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, that sounds like Mike and my partnership. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> we're learning as we go. But you have to understand who's, who's better at what. Mm -hmm. Completely. Uh, yeah. And you, but so you've got two different states, yep. two locations in each. Mm -hmm. Do they operate separately together? They are. They operate separately together in some ways, but they're more alike than they are than they are dissimilar. Let's put it in what way? Mm -hmm. So they're all under the the umbrella of Trek CBD. So they all have the name on the front of the building. We all carry pretty similar manufacturers. And as of right now, they're pretty much all the same. But I imagine regionally, we like to create partnerships with local vendors where we can. Mm -hmm. So that might change a little bit. And again, we're just kind of getting off the ground. Nebraska will be open in about two weeks. So I expect that to evolve over time. But in terms of everything else, from a P&L perspective, we operate together. So everything is a shared cost under four different locations. Um, so we just, we, we are, we are trying to, what we're trying to do is bring um, just some business acumen into a, into a category now that's kind of like kind of cowboyish in a lot of ways. Um, you know, when we went to our suppliers the first time around and said, we want terms in our product, we're not going to pay you up front for it. They were like, well, what do you mean? We're like, well, this is what we want, Right. We're getting into conversations now, different conversations that are pushing them into different things about sharing in our marketing budget, things like that. So things like that, we're going to treat this and grow this like a business, um, because if not, I think that you can really, your dream then can become your nightmare because your profitability is gone. Right. Um, around there. And that's have what you I read the book Profit First? I have. Oh, I have. Yeah. So good. Mm, great book. Yep. Six different bank accounts, right? Is that mm -hmm. it? Yep. 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 Love it. It's been a while, but it's a good, it's a good read. Yeah. Yep. Um, speaking of Goodreads, okay. what is your favorite business book or mm. just podcast? What, what, what's, mm -hmm. where do you get your learning from? Oh, good, good question. I like to get it from a lot of different places. I mean, so for, for me, um, you know, if it was 20 years ago, I was reading books and I remember the books that kind of shaped me in my career, um, Jack Welch winning. 
um, just a, an amazing um, leader. Um, kind of taught me when I was coming up through the ranks as a, as a middle manager. Um, I always remember his quote that you only get hiring right about 10% of the time. So, you know, kind of nice. Gives you a wide berth to say I can fail nine out of 10 times, right? But it's the truth, right? You don't appreciate that until you continue to hire people, but it's truth. Um, from a retail perspective and a customer service perspective, I read the Nordstrom way. Um, you know, I read a, a couple, I wrote a year and a half ago, I read the book by General Stanley McChrystal, uh, Team of Teams. So mm-hmm. really enjoyed that, that read as well, too. Um, so from a book perspective, that's kind of the, my, probably my latest reads. Um, I'm also a Simon Sinek fan as well, too. Um, I have not read the infinite game yet, but it's on my, um, a list of, of things to, to, uh, to read. Cause he had me at, it starts with why, which mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of, you know, I didn't need necessarily him to kind of tell me that, but I mean, anybody that I can kind of be around that's, that gets that. I love it in that, but podcasts, my podcasts are a little eclectic, um, I still, for some reason, listen to a podcast called the restaurant, the restaurant rock stars podcast. I don't know. It's, it's my first career was in my blood. I just listened to that and I just love it. I think you can always pull something out of every conversation. So I do. Um, but then I listen to Joe Rogan. I love the Joe Rogan experience. God, I love Joe Rogan. He's real. Joe Rogan will be forever singed in my memory because that's what I was listening to when I electrocuted myself. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That needs to be on Joe Rogan's website. (laughs) That's right. Sounds, yeah. like, sounds like a country song. Yeah. Just, just writes itself. Yeah. It does. It does. Oh. So, and then I consume, um, I'm a big fan of medium.com. I don't know if you ever use medium, but yeah. it's a no. blog. It's a blog yeah. site. So I put some content there as well. Um, but also I just love kind of starting my day with a little bit of positivity. And these days I probably don't have as much time as I'd like to read a book, but if I can, you know, just take 10, 20 minutes and read a couple of blog articles, I'm, I'm just gets my mind clear. In a happy in a happy place. The other thing that you offer to small business owners is coming from corporate to entrepreneurship, right? Which is a mindset. But we like meeting people that come from success in the corporate world because they understand what it's supposed to look like, and they're willing to invest whether it's time or money in whatever kind of resources there are, certainly coaching or mentoring or stuff like that. But you understand what success looks like. Yeah, our business plan was pretty inclusive up from from our marketing budget on down, right? We were going to treat this like a business. We were going to treat it on scale, of course. You know, we're not going to, you know, have the marketing budget we want one day when we have 10 locations. But for right now, it was to scale in terms of from a, from a line item on the P&L perspective. But yeah, I look at what the corporate world gave me was a strategic thinking vantage point. I mean, like I mentioned before, I spent some time, which I loved about a year and a half in marketing where my job was to set strategy was really to dig into customer research and, and, uh, and customer insight and market research to form strategies that were going to help the organization be successful. And I, we a hundred percent approached Trek CBD the same way where we said, you know, what's going on outside of these four walls. Um, and we quickly figured out that people were really curious about CBD, but they were really confused about CBD. So those are the two C's we always think about when we think about the customer. They're either coming in because they're curious or they're coming in because they're confused or maybe it's both. But we did that market research. We scaled our forecast off of what we believed um, each store could produce. And like every other business person, we didn't get it right, of course. You know, I mean, forecasting is a, is a great exercise, but you never get it right. Like um, the weatherman. Like the weatherman, right? <laughs> yep. um, yeah, exactly. So that, but I mean, it, that's how we approach like a business, to your point, Mike. And I think we're only scratching the surface about how we will help a 
bigger business become much more efficient from both myself and Scott's background in the corporate world. How big do you guys want to take this thing? So we have a we have a plan that we started off with. So I always like to kind of work in like five year blocks, basically. So we had an eighteen month plan uh, to be at around um, to be over five stores, and then within two years to double that essentially, um, you know, to to ten stores. But I see this going. We're having a lot of fun with it. Um, it we didn't necessarily start off with the mindset that we just want to build this thing and sell it. But I think as the natural wellness category evolves, so will our brand. So when I look at the five-year mark and beyond, it's going to be far beyond CBD. It's only, like I said, the first cannabinoid we're focusing on, but there's so many others like CBC and CBG and CBN, and it's going to go there. And not to mention whatever else comes in a natural wellness place, but we just want to be the brand that's associated with your journey to wellness. And on a natural path. Have you thought about doing a CBD podcast? So I don't do a CBD podcast. We actually, um, we actually um, host a podcast in our stu- in our store. We we nickname it the Trek CBD Studio, right? Where it's called the Business and Brew Show, and they interview small entrepreneurs the same as you guys do as well. And we did record a couple episodes around building a business in a pandemic, so um, that will be coming out eventually, October twentieth, I believe, is our drop date on that. But I, I would love to, but I, right now I'm about as stretched thin as it can get right now with, you know, right now, like I said, we're not fully staffed yet. So opening up the stores, not only in North Carolina, but, you know, also supporting from logistics perspectives, the other two stores, um, I am the creative and brand lead for the brand, for the brand. So all those things, I don't think I could fit in anything else. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I love Mike and I love meeting you. And I, I was happened to be in the store in Holly Springs today. So it was 20 minutes away. So I'm glad this worked. But when Mike, when you originally sent me the message, you're like, well, can you do a Thursday afternoon? I'm like, this is the literally last Thursday I can commit to. Other than this, it's going <laughs> to be, it's going to be on fire. Good job, Mike. Yeah. Yep. Do you envision most of the stores being in North Carolina? I envision that we have the right population here to grow to our five-year forecast, um, depending on where it goes. I think outside of that, I would like to explore a little bit more, and this is not baked in any way, but we're probably not going to franchise, but we're really interested in some premium partnerships where we could go to you, Mike, and say, Mike, you want to open up a CBD store? Okay, so you don't want to pay a $50,000 franchise royalty fee, so let's work on something smaller. You want to attain some control right? You don't want to go through the same trials and tribulations that we went to. And we've already negotiated terms and, 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 and preferential pricing with her. So we're going to give you that from day one. And there'll be, of course, a, a fee on top of that. But to be able to do what we didn't want done to us in terms of giving up all that control, but allow you to build a business with people that have already walked before you, I think in my mind could have some teeth around that. But there will be, of course, standards we need to have completely worked out um, in terms of how we want every store to operate the same way from the customer experience standpoint. So I'm confident that as a team, we can work on that. I'd rather not spend quite honestly, $80,000 on lawyers to develop a franchising model, Mm -hmm. um, where I think we can do it through a premium partnership approach. So yeah, that's our, that's a great question. Mike. that's, that's kind of our, our thinking right now. Um, but that, that will take us outside of the walls of North Carolina, Nebraska, and beyond. Yep. Like maybe Cancun or... Hey, you want to do some market know? research? Should we, should we start looking? I mean, so uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, I, I really... We believe in creating synergy through partnerships. 
So if we can help other entrepreneurs that want to introduce people to plant-based wellness, but they don't maybe have all the acumen that they need, no problem. Let's lock arms together and do this together, but also give you a sense of ownership that you might not feel with a franchise. Um, yeah, there's definitely pros and cons to, to the franchise model. Mm-hmm. And I know when um, I was helping to grow Hunter Row, the real estate company mm-hmm. that I practice at now, but I used to basically second in command and mm-hmm. help run the company. And one of the things that we'd look it into was what did it make sense to franchise? Mm-hmm. And it was a lot like... And the return really wasn't that great. Um, and it wound up being better for us to license certain things mm-hmm. out and have people pay us a licensing fee versus a franchise fee. It's the biggest thing we get when people come into our stores. They ask us a question like, are you a franchise? Because we look like a franchise. We, we come across very professional. Our branding statements, everything is is at that level. So. Listen, you know, not everybody has those skills, right? I just happen to be a lucky guy that's good, that had a career that was kind of littered with different experiences. Um, and that enriched me as a person. Um, so I'm happy to, like I said, I, I, I love when people have that passion to start their own business, but say, reach their hand out and say, help me. I mean, I was a consultant for a while, so I love that. I mean, so yeah, please bring it on. Anybody listening, you want to you wanna talk about it more? Reach out to me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, speaking of that, how can people get a hold of you? Probably the best way is through trekcbd.com. It's just simply there, trekcbd.com. Go to the Contact Us page. Um, you mentioned my name in there. You will get a call back from me. And, um, it's, and it's Trek, T-R-E-K. T-R-E-K. Good, good clarification. Yep. T-R-E-K, C-B-D. Uh, all one word, T-R-E-K, C-B-D.com. I'm probably sure it'll be in the show notes. And um, if you have questions about plant-based wellness and, and you're sitting there thinking about, you know, I have a little bit too much stress and anxiety in my life or I'm looking to reduce pain or I want to help my pet or as we all get older, I want to sleep better, um, we will do one-on-one time with you and, and understand you first and then get you what you need. If you listen to this podcast today and you want to, you know, pick the brain about, you know, either the CBD business or starting your own business, I'll talk to you. I mean, you know, I could drive time back and forth to Holly Springs every day. Um, and I'd be more than happy to help because, I mean, I think that's, to me, it's about giving back and I want to help. Awesome. So. Well, it has been such a pleasure getting to know you. Thank I you. see yep. why Mike is such a big fan. You're pretty awesome. He I, is. I could kick it right back to both of you because at the end of the day, um, I really appreciate you guys having me on here and I wouldn't be here if I really didn't feel the same way about Mike. And, and now I consider you the same. So, so I'm, I'm so glad I, I'm here today. Thank you. Well, we appreciate it. And we also appreciate our loyal listeners. So if you're out there and you're listening and you have not yet gone and given us a rating, Shame on you. Shame, shame, shame. You should totally be out there five-starring us. And for any reason, you're like, no, Trinity, I feel like it was a four-star day. Please email me first and let me know, because you know what? We'd fix that. We'd fix that, wouldn't we, Mike? We can very well Yes, but you can also find us all over the interwebs. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and you can find Mike on Twitter, because I don't tweet. (laughs) I just post. I'm not I'm not perfect <laughs> enough to comment, so I just post. And, of course, if you have questions or if you're wondering where to find one of our guests, you can email us info at wiredtochange.com, and that's with the number two. And we'll see you next time on our Wired to Change podcast.